everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. My name's Jesse Jones, and on the show today, we have Lori Fetrick, better known as Ice from the American Gladiators. That's right, Ice herself is on the show today to talk about all things whiskey and American Gladiators. We talk about the new docuseries on Netflix, Muscles and Mayhem, which acts as an unauthorized deep dive into the American Gladiator story. We talk about how she got started with the Gladiators and what she has been doing since the show ended. And of course, we do this while drinking on some delicious whiskey. So get your jousting sticks ready and pour up a tall glass of something awesome as we welcome Lori Fetrick to the Bourbon Showdown podcast. It's a great conversation, guys, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. It was such a great time talking to Lori. I was a huge fan of the Gladiators, and to hear her story about how, uh, just like when I talked to distillers, just like when I talked to authors, just like when I talked to anybody on this show, my favorite part is learning how she got to where she got, how she got started with the Gladiators, all of the inner workings of the show once she got there, and then just her perspective on what it was like to be there and be a part of Crash TV at the beginning. So it was super awesome to sit with her for a little bit, drink some whiskey, and hear about the American Gladiators. Thank you again, Lori, for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you and learning more about how you got started in this crazy gladiator business that you're in. Uh, You guys can catch Lori every week on her podcast, Chillin' with Ice. Go check that out. And we're going to get this thing started, shall we? I'm not going to do much time up top today. I had a pleasure talking to Lori. I want you guys to hear this conversation. We do ask that you go hit like and subscribe on all the things on Instagram, on YouTube, wherever you think to find us, you can find us. And uh, go give Will Jones a listen. He is the country music artist that did the intro for the Bourbon Showdown. He currently has a country hit, Whiskey Sippy, which you know I'm all about. It's got everything I like. It's got whiskey and it's got sipping. So give that a listen. You can hear it on Spotify. Anywhere you listen to music, you can find Will Jones. You have the opportunity to see him live. Go see him live. He puts on a damn good show. And with that, guys, we're going to get this show started right now. It's Ice Lori Fetrick from the American Gladiators on the Bourbon Showdown podcast. My name's Jesse Jones. Let's start the show. All right, welcome. We have Lori Fetrick, known to everyone as Ice from American Gladiators, on the show today. Welcome, Lori. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited about this. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm marking out a little bit just because your show was such a gigantic part of mine and so many of my friends. Like we grew up watching Ice, watching Nitro, watching all of the gladiators just kick ass on a weekly basis. So it's wonderful to share a pour with you today. Thank you again for coming. Uh, I'm I'm very thank you. I'm honored to be on your show. It's so cool. I mean, it's I, I've been listening and and actually I'm getting I'm getting more educated on whiskey. How's that? Hey, that's the way we do it. That's what we like here. <laughs> Absolutely. So how did you 
like like let's to anybody that doesn't know uh and if you don't know i mean there's so much there's so much out there that we didn't have like back in the day if you missed an episode you had to record it on a vhs player not to date myself but that's the way it was now if you want to watch american gladiators you can go to like go to youtube go to any of the social media uh, any of the streamers you can find it you can catch up but if you've been living under a rock american gladiators was a huge sensation in the early 90s that pitted the gladiators, the strongest of the strong, the buffest of the buff, the blondest of the blonde against everyday Joes. And the, the premise was you against a normal person who would win, that David and Goliath. We were the obstacles. Yes. We were yes. the obstacles. So nowadays it's like, you know, they have the shows and they're, they they have created those obstacles. Well, that's right. not any kind of fun. Let's put a gladiator in there and let's have the gladiator be the obstacle that you got to go through. I have thought that every time I watch uh, what, what, what are what, like a ninja warrior or any of the obstacle course shows that stem from your show. Well, you even, I mean, yeah, if you think about it, American Ninja Warrior, that kind of came off of our show. And that's just one big, huge eliminator. Right, I mean, right. yeah, they, per they perfected it and they made it really advanced. But you're absolutely right. That show came off of our eliminator. And then, um, for instance, another good show that I actually liked was the Titan shows that came from The Rock. Yeah. However, however after about the third episode, I'll be honest, I was kind of bored. You know, well, because of the fact the games were exactly the same every single show, um, the contestants weren't really going, you know, head to head combat against one another. Again, they were all obstacles. So and uh, your show yeah. had a volume to it. There was that depth. I've watched American Ninja Warrior so many times and thought if someone was to spear that guy <laughs> right as he got to the top of the wall, it would be much more interesting. Or yeah, every time they pedal across water, if there was somebody swinging towards them, I, I can't tell you how many times as a kid you tried to like go across the monkey bars and grab somebody with your legs and knock them off. 100%. The heart and soul of the American Gladiators were that we were the obstacles for people to try to go through. And that's what people love to watch. And, you know, I, I've heard the term crash TV, you know, back in the 90s to where there was like, you know, WWF. And then, then we had the American Gladiators. And then uh, there was an, an array of different shows that were just like hard hitting crash TV. And that's what we love to watch. We love to watch that. Well, it involved pageantry. Well, now nobody touches anybody and everybody's so scared that yeah. it's like they've taken that beautiful element of, you know, uh, of the fighting warrior out. Well, there was this beautiful pageantry to what you guys were doing, where you had people doing those obstacle courses. And then when they acted like normal, boring people, you had vicious, vivacious gladiators that could come in and kick their ass when they needed to. Absolutely. And that's what made the show so much fun. <laughs> uh, and it was it, it's so funny because back then. You guys were at the forefront of what has become an entire industry of what you guys caught flack for when you came yes. out. Yes. Like, like for everybody that talked shit about and, and you guys came out too at a time when the WWF was going more um, cartoony. Like they had characters that weren't really grounded in real life. 
And you guys had characters that while they were flashy and flamboyant in appearance were hard hitting freaking like yeah. there, there were no added sound effects. When you guys crushed into somebody, you could hear bone splatter. Oh, yeah. It was like, you know, when the WWF, when they were jumping off, you know, the rings and everything and landing on the floor. And then they were like, I mean, that I, do you know how long we fought against the are you WWF? Are you guys for real? It was like we are for real. We're hitting hard. I'm sure you're going to see a little blood once in a while to where I always remember watching back going. All these WWFs are fighting. They're hitting them in the face with the elbows. I'm like, where's the blood? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and you guys, I, I I watched the Netflix docu-series recently, and might I tell you, just amazing. Absolutely you. well done. I, yeah. I A wonderful thread of humor through the whole thing. Like every time it started getting serious, they would show like a little animated clip. Or heaven yeah. forbid, go back to the director who apparently had just penises everywhere while he was produ in production. But it was so well done. Can you imagine? I know. Can you imagine in, in today's day and age, something no. like that? <laughs> well, could you imagine both sides of that conversation where HR has to go talk to him about the penises on his desk, but they have exactly. to do it in a way that makes him feel supported and not bad about the penises on his desk? That's hysterical. Oh, my God. You're so 100 percent spot on. You know. <laughs> But yeah, the, the the Muscle Mayhem documentary, they they did a fabulous job with. I was very happy with it. Um, we actually did not know how that was going to come out, just to be honest with you. Because, I mean, we every single Gladiator, we were interviewing for six to eight hours. You know, and we knew they were going to take clips here and there and make their own story. So we were just... You know, we were sitting on the edge of our chairs when that thing came out going, OK, are they going to do us justice? Are they going to do it? You know, are they just going to put us under the rug? What are they going to do here? So we were extremely happy with the out with the outcome of the documentary. It was nice. And, and that's very true. I, I was actually worried about that when I heard that it was coming out, because if they would have decided to go, they could have they, they cemented a legacy versus uh, uh, being rude or ill-willed towards you guys they Correct. could have gone in another direction and then you guys would have had egg, egg on your face that's a bad way to say that you guys might not have looked as awesome as you were like I, what was i 75 for a second there you'd have egg on your face is what you'd have uh, <laughs> it's like where the hell did that term even come from <laughs> I have no clue some point in 1925 a rich gentleman named brent flipped an, or his servant flipped an egg for him and it landed on his face egg there on his face it. There you have it. Um, uh, now, 30 for 30, the other documentary. Now, we weren't really we weren't really happy with that one, but that's exactly why we didn't do that one. Right. Right. We kind of knew the outcome of it. So therefore, that's why three fourths to, you know, almost the entire team did not do the 30 for 30. And I think the reason why they had to go in that direction of kind of burying the the creator a little bit was because they had no gladiators to tell the other story. You That's know, right. and we, we knew that was going to happen. And because we got the phone call from the creator before 30 for 30. Well, they were the first ones, by the way. They're the first ones to say, we're going to do a documentary on the American gladiators. And when they said that, actually, it wasn't even the phone call went like this. There was the creator, Johnny, that called each gladiator and said, hey, guess what? They're doing a documentary about me. 
And we were all like, about you? Who are you? And nobody knows who you are. And we knew, we knew the documentary was going to be about us. And at the end of the phone call, he goes, oh, and by the way, there's no pay. So that's why we opted out. You know, we were like, nah, you, you go do you, you do your documentary and we'll do ours over here. Okay. So that's kind of how that came about. Well, and yours definitely came out the more fun of the two. Well, uh, they showed the 30 for 30. They showed all the, the the gladiators they did have in such a dark light. Right, right. You know, they made them like, like, like sad and, and um, you know, kind of like, oh, my God, look where their life went. And it's like, no, that's not the way it was. Not one gladiator on that 30 for 30 went, oh, my God, I had the time of my life. I loved it. I would never do anything differently, even though the pay sucked, you know, um, <laughs> But not one said that, you know, so that's mm-hmm. why we're like, yeah, no. so done. Well, and that that's the whole series has a uh, track record of sort of treating their subject matter like that. I remember the the Ric Flair one. Uh, you've got a documentary on Peacock on Ric Flair where he looks like a well-rounded human being. And then you've got the 30 for 30 that you walked away from it going, ah, I'm so sorry. And yeah. Very smart of you guys not to be a part of the oh I'm so sorry version of your of your own story. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. Even though at the end of Netflix, I still get a lot of on uh, my social media messages of oh I'm really sorry that you didn't make any money. <laughs> and I follow that up with oh thank you so much. I have a Patreon account. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But but that's. If if you're going to have a takeaway, that also is a very proactive conversation to have, because if anybody's looking to get into the business, it is a beautiful reminder of how young, wanting to get started people can be taken advantage of. So it's yeah. it's, it's a it's a great mission statement for people uh, uh, who are trying to break in or, uh, you know, don't sign anything. Be wary. There are people that are looking to take advantage of you. And and the benefit of your story is that you guys had such a good time doing it that yeah. that, you know, you might not have made any money, but you had a damn good time. We had a damn good time. And what we tried to do in the off, when I say off season, that just simply means that we filmed for like a month and a half out of the year. Mm -hmm. The rest of the year was ours. And so what we tried to do is we tried to take advantage of that to make money, meaning any kind of personal appearances, any kind of speaking engagements, any kind of television. You know, we were on it and we were our own agent in a way back then, too. So we're, you know, again, not I'm going to date myself like yourself. But um, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have all that to like starting to, you know, just let's hit Google and see where all the Comic-Cons or all the personal appearance are. We had to literally like, I don't even know how we did it, but we dug deep and we were calling people and, you know, and so we tried to make our money in the off season. But even when, I mean, it really came down to there was, it's no surprise and it's no secret that the, the production company, people ask me this, well, why'd you sign the contract? And I was like, well, if I didn't sign the contract, they were like, oh, we've got 10 girls behind you that will. Right, right. So, and it's very true. So it's kind of like, all right, let's do this. You know, we, they put us into a corner to where we had no choice. Right, right. Either you do it for the money or, or you go somewhere else and you have your own, you have another career somewhere else. They they held all of the cards, so to speak. They held everything. (laughs) Even when you guys tried to renegotiate your contracts and kind of put up that front of of 
help us increase our pay or we're walking. And they were like, all right, um, let us introduce you to Tower. Yeah, see ya. Don't let that door hit you in the ass on the way out. You know, that's how it was. So what do you do? You just kind of suck it up and go, all right, I'll try to make my money in other areas. That's right. Moving just one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I would say that most people's uh, recollection of the American gladiators would be ice, nitro, zap, laser, you know, so, I mean, we all, we have created these, it it is, they're like household names, you Mm -hmm. know, in a way. And um, it's kind of, it, it, it is, it's very cool for me. And, you know, I get a lot of, Hey, you really inspired me and motivated me because we were, especially for females, females, we were on equal playing field. If you think about it with the men, everything was across the board, exactly the same. We played the same games. There was no, Oh, this is the female version of Powerball. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no, there is no female version of Powerball. Powerball is Powerball. And this is what you get. So that part of it, I absolutely just really loved. But the other part of it is, yeah, we were also in the forefront of females being fit. Yeah. You know, AF. Yeah, <laughs> completely. There, you know, and it was kind of at the time to where it was like, I don't want to say unacceptable, but it was new. It was new. And so, you know, whenever and when anything is new, people are like, whoa, what's that? You know, hey, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. So, you know, we were on the forefront to where it's like I again, you know, through my messages, it's like, hey, thank you for doing this and paving the way in a way because you made my life as a female. I could be strong. I could be powerful. I can stand up for myself. You know, so thank you for actually being on television and being your authentic self. So completely. That was kind of cool. And you guys were doing what the men were doing to the same ferocity. Like there were like a big word ferocity. (laughs) You normally don't hear uh, uh, big words in whiskey. They normally get smaller, not larger. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Is normally by the end of the conversation, I'll just be going. That was good. Uh, (laughs) There you go. The, like uh, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, I am sipping on this delicious Yellowstone uh, limited edition 2023. I have found it is a wonderful catalyst for conversation. Just a little bit of whiskey will open up any uh, any person to conversation that they might not have otherwise. So uh, thank you, everybody at Yellowstone for always supporting the show. How did you get into ice like like was it just like you were saying you were doing the you were hustling reading those back pages finding those open calls and saw a listing for uh, american gladiators because i i know that's sort of like how nitro got started wasn't it um i'm not quite sure i think that's kind of in a way how he got started but that's not my journey on how i got started i was um i was an athlete my whole life And basically, I went into bodybuilding at an early age, probably around 20-ish, I want to say. And I started competing and I was going national level. And my whole thing is I wanted to go pro. I wanted, that was my, my big thing about going pro. You know, I wanted the endorsements. I wanted the magazine covers. I wanted to be that girl. And I was in the, you have to win the nationals before you can actually go pro. So I was, I was in my second run on the nationals. And then um, I saw the show, believe it or not. I turned on my television. I was like, what is this? And I saw Ray Hollett, which was also a bodybuilder at the time. And of course, since she was on it, you know, we're all back in the day. It's like whoever's on TV that, you know, you're like, 
you know, kind of thing. Right. I was like, enough with them. But um, so I went down to Gold's Gym in Venice because I live in the LA area and I saw her and I asked her about the show. I said, hey, you know, what about this gladiator show? How can I get on? She goes, oh, just watch the end of the show. They have all the information. And she said, and by the way, I'm not going back next year because I'm I'm pregnant and I'm going to have a kid. And I was like, oh my God, that's, you know, awesome for me. Right, <laughs> you right. Know? So um, I actually, uh, there was nothing at the end of the show, by the way. There was no production. There was nothing. I mean, she didn't, she didn't give me any information that I could use. So, but I did see the production company. I did see the production company. I started going, flipping through the yellow pages and finding out where it was. And it was here in Los Angeles. I actually sent in my headshot. I didn't have a resume at the time. I wasn't into acting. I had no idea. Right. So I just sent in my headshot, you know, um, I didn't hear from them. So I, I went and knocked on their door. I went to the production company and said, hey, this is who I am. I sent in a headshot. How can I get an interview? And at that point in time, they said, oh, by the way, we're having tryouts in the next three weeks. So it was just, I'll be honest, it was such timing. Timing is everything, as you know. And um, I went and tried out. And there was like 75 other big, huge bodybuilder girls. And I was like, damn, that's that's some, that's some a that's a good competition field right there. But um, I knew I was an athlete. So I could, I could run, I could move, I was fast, but yet, you know, I had that muscle behind me and, um, I did well, I did very well in the tryouts and it went from 75 down to like 25 down to 10 down to five. And then there was two of us at the end of the day. And that was myself and diamond. Oh, wow. Um, So I actually went on before diamond and then she came on the following season after that. So yeah, mine mine wasn't as easy as good old nitros, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or even Zap for that fact. Zap's like, yeah, the creator saw me after you know, uh, uh, skin deep and blah blah, and just mm-hmm. pulled me on the show. And I was like, yeah, mine wasn't that easy. <laughs> That's awesome though, and that speaks to what you were talking about a minute ago that there was nothing out there showing uh, that hard hitting female uh, uh, every everything was split to like um, girls do this and the yes. gladiators put you guys in the same freaking realm, the same kicking ass as the guys yeah. were doing and, and hard hitting. Like, yeah. like uh, that was one thing that the documentary really opened my eyes to was just, you guys were getting hurt. Oh yeah. But you guys were like every episode. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm now busted. My, my, my elbow, my shoulder. Like yeah. it, it was yeah. sort of insane to watch that in the documentary. Yeah, it's very true. A lot of them got hurt. And I, I have a, a lot of questions of, you know, did I get injured? And and if I didn't get injured, how do I avoid that? And it was, it was more of um, my injuries were, they hurt, don't get me wrong, but they weren't, they weren't so bad that they took me out of the show. Like I actually got nerve damage in my left arm from the human cannibal. Now, when you have somebody jumping off that damn rope and swinging towards you, they are 10 times their body weight 10 times. So when they're swinging off and they're coming towards you and you're putting, I always put my left shoulder in, you know, because I'm right-handed. So I always put my, my right foot behind me to like, give me that leverage. And man, when slammed into that arm, I didn't know what was happening, but it was like time and time and time over and over again, it gave me nerve damage. And that was painful as hell. I don't know if anybody's had that, but man, that ulnar nerve that goes down my left arm, it would just throb. My left arm would just hang and throb. And I didn't know where the pain was coming from. 
that um, I got a small tear in my meniscus knee. That was not a big deal that, you know, that hurt again, but I'm um, just shot some cortisone in that and kept going. But yeah, we all got hurt. But my thing was the girls would come in the contenders and they'd just be like, I've trained all year long to kick your ass. And I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, I laugh. all right, let's go. You know, but if there was a situation to where it was a matter of winning or losing or getting hurt, I was like, you go on, God, you, you just go on, girl. You can win this one. I'm not going to put myself and my body out there to, let's say, tear an ACL. Mm-hmm. Once you tear the ACL, you're out. You're done. Right. So I really watched those kind of things. I tried to play smart, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense at all. No, but all balls out. <laughs> I was all balls out, but yet I tried to play smart. And I it worked for me because I didn't get a serious injury. But that that was very smart because you could have done what others did and then be sidelined. And then now all of a sudden, yeah, here comes somebody else. Yeah. Once you get injured and tear an ACL or something like that, you're done. You're out. So that Mm -hmm. was like, okay, let's see if I can keep this longevity career as long as I can. That's wild. I feel it today, though. (laughs) Do you still feel it? Do you still have? Dude, oh, my God. It's like I... Every day, my neck is tight as shit, my lower back. It's like, and that's just being hit over and over and over. It's like, you know, it's like the football players, you know, as as they age, it's like, you know, the arthritis and then aches and pains and mm-hmm. shit. It's just like, ah, but um, I guess that's where the bourbon comes in, right? <laughs> that's a thousand percent correct. It'll heal what ails you. Because even when you guys weren't recording, you were talking about the off season uh, once that touring show started, then you guys were recording and then also performing on a nightly basis. Uh, how many days in a row were you ice? Like how many days were you getting uh, uh, wrecked by by people that spent their whole year training to take you down? Well, um, on the actual tour, we would we would go I want to say three to four nights in a row. And when this is one thing we did negotiate in the contract, we'd go three to four nights in a row and then they had to give us a night off. Um, And then depending on how far we traveled, that was another one. Um, You know, so we did put some stipulations in the tour. Um, However, the actual live show in Orlando, we would do that at least five nights a week. And we'd we'd take two nights off. But the Orlando one was a little bit different because of the fact that we had the contenders. They were just kind of weird. I mean, the the live show was kind of weird because we got to know the contenders. And when you get to know your contender, sometimes you just don't go all out 100 percent because you know them. Right. Right. So they were on payroll, you know, so we were performing literally performing a show so the five nights a week was not all that bad but you're still hitting the ground you know you're still hitting the floor so well i mean i i've done five nights a week in comedy and at the end of that like my throat's sore so i can't imagine me standing still had ramifications you being a full contact slash entertainment slash personality i can only imagine the end of the week for you guys yeah it was pretty brutal you know but but we did it we sustained it and 
it was um it was the time of our life we had actually a fabulous time and so now it's just you know <laughs> you know babying those babying those injuries just a tad <laughs> that's right uh it's had such a lasting impression on pop culture and and the television industry. Uh, do you think that American Gladiators would work today? Like, like I know we've got American Ninja Warrior and and some of those other, uh, as you put it, obstacle course shows. But mm-hmm. do you think American Gladiators could uh, could live in in today's landscape? I think if they did it right, it absolutely take off and they and it live in today's landscape. And I, I have heard rumors that they are revamping it as we speak. Um, the UK interest is high. Yeah, the UK and Australia they've already re they've already redone their show and they're in the third um, reboot. I want to say. And for some reason, even though we started it, we're kind of behind the UK and Australia as far as that is concerned. And I'm not quite sure I understand how that worked, but um, so they're already going on their third reboot. So I have been told that they are in some type of production for a reboot here. That's awesome. But I think here's the thing to answer that question, would it work? As long as they don't overproduce the show. Now they overproduce 208. Um, and and what I mean by that is like, for instance, when Gina Carano, the MMA fighter, was on the 208 version as Crush, you know, she was she was a force to be reckoned with. So therefore, when she was on the joust, you know, there was a certain situation to where she hit a girl and the joustic broke. Well, they didn't know what to do. They literally stopped production and they were like, ah, oh, they scrambled and they gave her a new joust stick and said, okay, let's redo this. It's like, no, yeah. that made awesome TV. Why didn't you leave that? Right. But see, that's overproducing. That's <laughs> overproducing the show. So if they just leave the heart and soul of what the show is truly about, then it'll be a hit. And, and people would love that. I don't care what day and age we're in. There's going to be people, they're going to get their butt hurts. They're going to get their feelings hurt. And they're going to go, oh, no, you know, the health and safety issues. You know, come on. We all rode in the back of pickup trucks without, you know, yeah, yeah. the tailgate. That's we right. survived it. <laughs> we, drank we drank from the water, the water. hose. I was yeah. going to say, we drank the water out of the hose. We survived it. But um, so, again, if they if they take the heart and soul out of the show, they're going to run it. They'll run it. I just had this beautiful mental picture of some 20 year old Gen Z uh, getting completely clobbered by a gladiator. And it makes me smile. That idea, the generational aspect of that makes me smile. (laughs) Yeah. And and I mean, I would love I would love to see the show come back and I would love to see to where it's like, you know, God, don't don't put so much safety bullshit in. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I could see them. I could see them running it like literally from head to toe with pads. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, like, no, exactly. You know, yeah. Give them some insurance. Give them things like that. So if they do, get them. Hurt, <laughs> them. 
But, you know, I just don't see it in today's day and age. And it's really sad that it's gotten to that point to where we can't even have hard hitting crash TV without somebody getting their damn butt hurt and and reporting to HR or that's an inhumane or, you know, that's a safety issue. God, just just let the show be the show. That's right. That's right. And you could take so many elements from the previous iteration. Uh, like, like you've got so many you guys are still fun to watch. Like that docu-series was absolutely enthralling. So you've got you, you've got Zap, you've got Nitro. You could bring you guys back in, like almost how the UFC has their um, uh, their show where the pros train the up, up and comers. Uh, you know what I mean? There's ways to keep that entertainment. Here's the funny thing about that. You would think that that would be, I mean, everybody, everybody says the same thing. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that they need to bring you guys back and have you as coaches and you could have a new show because it's the nostalgia people love to see. And it, and it brings them back. Yeah. And it does. It completely bridges everything. Yeah. But you no, know, I don't get this. But whoever produces this show and maybe it's the creator, I don't really think he has too much say in it. But yet at the same time. They never wanted anything to do with the old gladiators. And I don't understand that. Nobody understood that. I mean, all these shows that are coming back, like 90210, or uh, I, there's 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 an array of different shows. They brought everything back. back. They brought, but what they do is when they reboot it, they bring back the players yeah. that originated it to bridge that gap. And it makes sense. And everybody loves it. Com- yes, completely. They haven't done that with gladiators, and I don't know why. I it don't seems, know why. It seems like such a no-brainer. Right? That, that, I mean, all they care about is money and ratings, right? They yeah. want the show to be profitable. If they want the show to be profitable, bring in the people that made it profitable in the first place, and and as you just said, use that as the uh, a binding element between the previous watcher and the current watcher. It is 100%. If you were to look up like some like like television 101, that just seems like a a, the easiest plausible way to do it. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. Um, I just I don't I don't understand it. But, you know, and I and going back to the Muscles and Mayhem documentary on on Netflix, I think one of the reasons why it was such a big hit as well is it's take, it took everybody back to those days, the nostalgia, the feeling. I mean, everything. Think about it, what everybody was doing back in the 90s. We didn't have all these bullshit rules and what's right, happening in right. the world. You know, this this it's kind of gotten out of hand and crazy to where it's like, oh, it was simpler back then. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they love, think about it. They love watching all that footage. And that was the main thing that I hear about the, the documentary is, oh, my God, I loved watching all that old footage. Well, they love watching the old footage because it never left them that we love crash TV. Right. We love to watch people hit people. <laughs> I mean, look at the birth of the UFC. The UFC yes. is just a culmination of that 90s crash television evolving into a uh, boxing getting boring, basically. Exactly. One hundred percent. You nailed it. You know, so absolutely love the documentary. They got to watch it again. Oh, completely, completely. They got to relive it. They got to remember the parts of it that they liked. That's why I thought it was so even handed. Like they made uh, they made you guys look very sympathetic in that. (laughs) 
you were kick-ass at what you did. You connected with people on a global stage. And then yeah. at the, like, I, I know that you, you, you were saying you get a lot of messages from people like, oh, so sorry about the money. But that was a great way to end that story because there was it built empathy for you guys. It yeah. opened yeah. that door for people to want more of you. And, yes. and yes. that's a great place to be in a, a, a world now where there's 24-7 everything on every channel every streaming, every, like, you know what I mean? And here's something interesting about that, that I'll share with you that we have learned over the last couple months since that documentary came out. We didn't have social media back then. So therefore everything was just moving along the way it does. You know, um, celebrities were big. People were still enthralled with them. Today we can look in JLo's closet. Right, so right. Therefore it's like not a big deal. You know what I'm saying? And interesting enough, after we we just like the documentary blew up. And for the first like month, month and a half, it was just like social media was blowing up. This was blowing up. We had, you know, messages crazy. But man, boom, as fast as it came is as fast as it's going out. It's just so bizarre because the world is moving so fast and social media, if you're not on something right now, yep. then mm, next it's it just, just, it just so everything just, it moves on to the next thing. Yeah. Because our attention span, they have, they have, it, it's like in training and process, you know, I mean, you and I, it's kind of like, we didn't come from that world, mm -mm. but now the world that it is, it's like, if it, it's just literally so fast it's moving it's like okay next next entertain me okay next entertain me you know and it's just like wow you the know impulses it's 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 like they've got something in their face triggering that impulse 24 7 like mm -hmm. they just phone face feed me feed me feed me it 100%. feels like uh batman 3 that thing that jim carrey had that like just absorbed into his head like that's what <laughs> That's what we're living right now is a super villain's nightmare. Uh, and and I think people, like you just said, are so attracted to the 80s and the 90s because it was that last realm of go outside and don't come home until it gets dark. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, just do. Just, yeah. just go uh, wherever your imagination will take you. Uh, the innovation was different. It was not such an impulse-controlled society. It was just a, what do you like? Go go explore. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I, there you go. That's so the best way to happy. say it. It was fun. I am so happy that I grew up in that time, to be honest with you. I don't, yes. think, I'd, I don't think I'd want to be growing up in this time right now. I just don't. I'm terrified. I've, I've got kids and I, I've been very fortunate that they like uh, they want to play sports. They mm -hmm. want to go outside. They want to do more than just the phone. But at the same yeah, time, awesome. that phone's still there. That iPad's oh, yeah. still there. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a weird true. thing. It's and true. It, and even with me, I've, 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 unfortunately I slipped into it just like everybody else. It's like, I'm on my social. It's like, okay, I got to post a, I got to post either a video or a photo. I've got to keep it going, you know? And it's, <laughs> it, it kind of sucks in a way because it's like, oh my God, there's so many platforms. There's IG, there's TikTok, there's Facebook. It's like, you know, it's like, and then I have you know, my my agent and managers kind of like, OK, well, you got to post to all of these 
And then you got to do this. It's like, whoa. And then I have my podcast. Right, right. It's like trying to keep up with everything and get those views and get those followers. Because nowadays, as you know, as well, it's like, okay, so you want to do this? Well, how many followers do you have? Yeah, 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 yeah. What? <laughs> but isn't it, it's, it's like completely backwards because the longer you spend putting out content, the less time you have to live genuine content. The yeah. thing that drives your page is how you're doing your thing and you yep. spend so much time creating content that you don't have time to create the viable content needed for content. So what people do in that aspect is they fake it. Uh, yes. Yeah. A thousand percent. A thousand They're percent. Like, okay. So let me grab. No shit. You're absolutely right. Let me grab a photo from back when. Yeah. And make it look as though I'm here today. Yeah. And to make it look like I'm busy and moving. It, it's just so backwards. You're absolutely right. It's you know, the Kardashian effect. Very and and. It's their fault. <laughs> it is. I think you can trace a lot of this back to Ray J. I think you really can. Well, they trained a whole generation of people to expect something every minute of every day from them. And You're then right. it kind of stemmed from there. You know, it's not completely their fault. The public <laughs> has a part, has a part to play in it as well. Yeah. Uh, but it is uh it, it's a very real thing. And it's so funny to hear you say that because you it's exhausting. It's, it's exhausting. absolutely exhausting. It, it really is. And then half the time, I don't know. I, I don't know what the hell to post. You know, I'm just like, all right, what do I post today? <laughs> you know? <laughs> let's, let's try to make my life look interesting, which is really funny because well, it's like. You have an interesting life. Yeah. I, I should be honest have. with you. I'm just a normal person. And it's like, no, people don't want to know that you're normal. <laughs> I think that's the appeal. I think that people should be able to relate to someone like, like not every, but, but I, I, I see it. I understand that. I understand what they tell us. They, they, they say that they want the thing that they can't have, but yes. that's the, yes. I would think that the knowing that the person is a real person would make it a more compelling story than the, omnipotent person on the top of, uh, uh, on, uh, above everyone, you know? I know, but people love to live vicariously through someone. So there Truth. you have it. Truth, a thousand you know, percent. It just, it's like, okay, what's their life like? Because it's going to make my life, you know, if they're just drama and just, I mean, my sister is so funny. My sister's the most intelligent person and she's smart. And yet she watches all these housewife shows and it blows my mind. And I'm like, what do you want? Are you kidding me? She goes, oh, it just makes me feel like my life isn't all that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, I get it. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. But, you know, going back to the gladiator thing, it's 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 been such a great ride. Honestly, um, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, now it's just like, you know, after the documentary, it's like, OK, I've got, you know, chilling with ice podcast. And, yeah, and tell I'm, me about that. OK, so that's that kind of stemmed from my social media. So I started my TikTok account probably a couple years ago, you know, because everybody's like, you got to have a TikTok. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is that? You know? <laughs> so I started my TikTok account and I've got a great following now. I got it up to about, I think I, was, I got like something like 275,000. Oh, that's, that's awesome. 
Thank you. Um, I really worked on it too, to be honest with you. I really worked on the videos. That's exhausting. But anyway, that's yeah. a whole nother conversation. Completely. So what I noticed from when I was building this social media, I got a lot of people going, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't know this about you. Or I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that you were funny. I didn't know that, you know, they didn't know a lot. And I, I started realizing going, wow, these people don't know anything about the gladiators. Nothing. We were just in a uniform kicking ass and that was it but they didn't know us as personalities. They didn't know us as Lori. They didn't know Nitro as Dan, you know? So I was like, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to interview all these gladiators and everybody else and go, how was it? Where'd you go? What parties did you go to? What was your favorite celebrity you met? What what was your favorite place you traveled to while doing the gladiators? You know, because we didn't talk about those things. So that's when I decided, okay, I'm doing my podcast. I'm going to have Chillin' with Ice. And it's been absolutely amazing. I've had so much fun interviewing every single gladiator on there. Um, and now it's just evolving. Now, now it's actually, I'm going to be moving studios and somebody's, I'm put, I'm going underneath their umbrella as far as my show is concerned. It's going to go uh, more into, yes, some motivational, some inspiration, but yet it's still going to be chilling with ice. Yeah. Still going to be great, though. across the board. Let's have a conversation. You know, it's like I'm going to be the female Joe Rogan. There, <laughs> hey, that, that's there you go. That's, that's a great place to be. It had yes, to be so. fun catching up with everybody, too. Like what, what, have you learned? what have you learned from doing the podcast? Like what? Like oh, they, so these are your buddies. These are, there are so many things I can't even really put all my fingers on everything because there were so many things in the moment. I was like, I had no idea. Okay. For instance, I had no idea like blaze when she, she didn't really get fired, but they let her go. I didn't even know that. I didn't know why, how she didn't know. And I were having this conversation, you know, on my podcast and she's like, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, I'm like in the, I think it was like the fifth or sixth season. And she's like, okay, I didn't get a phone call. I didn't get anything in the mail. Like, Hey, you're, we're bringing you back. She started calling Samuel Goldwyn and she's like, um, what's the deal? Am I coming back? They're like, well, we're going to go in another direction. I was like, Whoa, I didn't know that. And all of a sudden jazz came on the following year. Well, I thought Shari, which is blaze. I thought she opted out not to do the show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And all these different things I didn't know about. I mean, there are a lot of stories that happen. I mean, I didn't realize that Dallas and jazz for that fact, um, got into almost a, basically a fist fight backstage in the Orlando arena. I didn't know any of this. And I was like, you know, I was just like, no way. <laughs> so it was fun. It was really a lot of fun catching up with all of them. That's so why I, I learned a lot myself because I think about it. I was so in the show, in my life, in that moment that I didn't know all the backstories that were going on with everyone else, you know? Well, do you think that's also by design? Like they, it, by keeping that information kind of siloed, uh, by you not knowing how the to production honest, company, you know, I'll be honest, I don't think that was the case. I think nope. that I think that we didn't have social media back then. We didn't have the cell phones. We didn't have anything. So when we were living our own lives, we weren't on our cell phones going, OK, what happened after the show? What did you do? I saw you talking to such and such. And there was an altercation there. No, we didn't. We didn't know because we weren't there. You were and done. We didn't have everything, all the cell phones and everything recording every single moment. Oh, my God. 
Aren't you glad that wasn't around when we were in high school? Yeah, actually, I'm I'm very happy that we didn't have that in high school because it would again, it's just kind of like how the kids are growing up today. I think they're antisocial, everything. I mean, they're on dating apps. They're not even like meeting people in person, you know, so it's kind of like it's kind of a weird dynamics, you know, that the kids nowadays, they're they're going to be an, very antisocial. They won't even know how to interact once they meet person a person and, in, in, you know, face to face. It's like, time. right. Uh, uh, it's awkward. Like, whatever <laughs> happened to going to a bar and lying like everybody else did. That's how you exactly. met people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but now you can't lie because they'll look you up on social media. They're they're in line. If you're actually trying to, you know, you're hitting on them and all of a sudden they're like, okay, let's see who this dude is. Okay. Social media. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I, I saw something he tweeted from five years ago. No, I am not. There you have it. Exactly. Oh, I don't like that about him. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like in this political climate too. That's the other thing. Don't post anything politically because the fact is like, oh, he supports such and such. Oh, he's out. <laughs> Hasn't that became hard? Like, like, like I used to find I used to think I was like up to date with politics and with daily news and with everything. But then it turns into almost a, a, a chore now that there's like so much of it that you could yeah. talk about something you learned yesterday and it's outdated today. Yeah, it, it, it is. Like what was progressive yesterday is now frowned upon uh, tomorrow. And you're like, no, oh, I'm I'm. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to do the right thing. Come on, you know this. It's like it's like the old saying. It's like squirrel. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Okay, look over here. Completely. <laughs> or, the, or the shiny, or the shiny new dangling. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Over here. It's like look over here because over here, this is what's really happening. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we are living in an age of sleight of hand. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's super exciting that the Chilling with Ice has done so well and that you're moving into a new studio going to be. I, I can see that. I can see like you've got such a great energy. I can see you. the motivation. Uh, I, 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 I feel better about myself having talked to you for the past 30 minutes. So I can see <laughs> you being very, uh, very good for people. Why, thank you so much. That's I, I'm very excited about it. You know, um, I even when I was doing Gladiators, I really did. I wanted to go into radio and mm. I just didn't know I didn't know how I didn't pursue it. Um, but so many interviews, you know, I had they're like, oh, you got this great radio voice. It'd be really fun to do. And I just I never went there. But now that I'm doing this, I'm I am loving every second of it. And it's so much fun. So, yeah, the podcast Chilling with Ice is moving into a new studio. So that's going to well, I'll probably start um, doing a couple shows a week instead of one a week. Um, they drop on Tuesdays. It's literally across the board, you know, wherever you hear your podcast. But I also have my YouTube channel. So I do have all my um, all my podcasts on YouTube. My um, my actual website, LoriFetrick.com, that's kind of cool because that's like a one-stop shop. That's like any kind of personal appearances, my merchandise. You know, I have a, a yeah. I have a fun store. It's a fun store and it's called Ice T-shirts. <laughs> and it's it has like my OG gladiator stuff on it, it has some chilling with ice. I have a, a limited edition like Gladiator shirt. So that's fun. But, you know, that's all in my my website there. But so, yeah, I'm looking forward to where this is heading. That's awesome, Lori. Thank uh, you. If, if, if you could summarize 
your main takeaway from your time with the gladiators and, and, and what you've learned from it? What, what, what would you, what would you say? Like, what would be your big, uh, uh, now that you're, you're, you're out of it now that you have relived it through your podcast and with your docu-series, what, what is like, uh, now that you've had time to reflect, would you say is your takeaway? Um, my takeaway is, is to really, really be in the moment. And that is, I, I was in the moment when I was doing gladiators, but at the same time, I was so into it and enthralled that I, I didn't get to really enjoy, you know, let's say the ride, the journey, you know, I kept looking towards the destination. What's the end result? What's the destination, you know? And, and I, you know, you hear people say, enjoy the journey, but you don't really know it until you're out of it. And then you get a second chance at it. You know, so I have this this little saying now that it goes in my mind and it's you only get one chance twice and I'm on my second time right now. So I am my takeaway from that is I am enjoying every single moment of the journey right now and wherever it takes me, it takes me. And I'm not worried about that right now to where back then I was worried about it, you know, (laughs) I'm not worried about it right now. I'm just really enjoying the journey and meeting people and connecting again. I'm loving connecting with people right now because with the social media and everything, you're not like we were just talking. You, We never connected with people. Yeah. And so, you know, just taking it away from that and just I had such a good time with the gladiators. And even though it wasn't exactly what we wanted, is anything really? Sometimes you got to go there, too. Is it really anything that we get, you know, we always go, I wish I had more. Mm -hmm. So it's really just enjoy the moment. Um, Be grateful for everything that has transpired and what's going to transpire. Um, So, yeah, that's, you know, not to get too deep, but yeah, that's pretty much that's where I'm at right now with, you know, watching it and reliving it on the documentary. Um, that is a beautiful. Enjoy system. my body. How's that? That's the other take. <laughs> like, oh, I'm never going to be that young again. <laughs> oh, I love it. So that is a now, beautiful like, sentiment. That is an I, absolutely I, I, beautiful sentiment, and and so well put. Uh, Thank you. Lori, it has been an absolute blast uh, getting to know you, talking with you about the gladiators, and hearing your hearing the path that you're on right now. It just sounds like you you're in such a good place and you've got so many good things happening. It was Thank so you. great having you on the show. And right. I, I can't wait to uh, see you again, share another pour. Thank you so much for coming on today. I love it. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, anytime. This was fantastic. And the website is lauriefetrick.com. The yep. web, uh, the podcast is Chilling with Ice. It's yep. getting ready to go from one to two times a week. Be on the lookout for that. And good Lord, keep kicking ass, Lori, because it was an absolute blast drinking some whiskey with you today. You got it. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I loved it. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.
There you have it, everybody. That is this week's episode. I want to thank Lori for coming on to the show, for telling us about muscles and mayhem and everything that went into becoming ice. So thank you, Lori. It was a pleasure to share a pour with you and just learn more about your journey to the American Gladiators. Please come back and talk to us again. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And that's it, guys. That's this week. We've got more Bourbon Showdown in store for you next week. We've got more whiskey makers. We've got more interesting people to talk to. Come on back as season seven is almost at the halfway point. We've still got a lot of good whiskey makers to talk to. We've got Buzzard's Roost. We've got Castle and Key. We've got New Riff. We've got Boss Molly. And we still have a lot of surprises in store. So come on back each and every week as we talk more bourbon on the Bourbon Showdown podcast. You can find me. I'm still on tour. If you can hear it in my voice, I've been talking nonstop for about two weeks now so you can catch me live jessejonesonline.com that's the comedy schedule bourbonshowdown.com that is the whiskey schedule let's merge those two shall we come see a show and then we'll share a pour and until then go hit like and subscribe on all the things you can find us on YouTube Instagram all the places you listen to podcasts leave us a review leave us a note send me a message it's a damn good time and I'm having a great time doing it so until next week everybody Everybody, let's raise a glass and kick some ass. I'll see you guys on down the road. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.